It's not going to just happen. We stoke the fire. We keep ourselves burning. We do the right things to stay close to him, to stay clean with him, to stay right with him. It doesn't just happen. Any more than a fire keeps burning in your fireplace forever unless you feed it. Okay? So tonight, I'm going to talk to you about prayer. And I'm just going to call this, Don't Be Afraid to Ask. Don't be afraid to ask. Let's pray together. Well, first, let's, let's read this. Uh, this is one of my favorite passages. It's, it's really something to remember. You desire, but you don't have, so you kill. Now, he's writing to church folks. Just thought I'd throw that in. You desire to have, but you don't get it, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want. So you quarrel and fight. Now, I've never known church people to quarrel and fight. Now, read this last part with me. You do not have because you do not ask. Now, let's move on to the next passage. And when I show you a verse that Jesus is talking, most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I'm going to my Father. Now, look at this next part. Let's read it together. Whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything, how? In my name, I will do it. Well, that couldn't be more clear, could it? Let's pray together. Father, we thank you right now that there is power in prayer. And I pray that tonight you will help us to stoke the fire, put kindling into the fire of our soul by igniting our prayer life in a way that it has not been. We thank you for enhancing our prayer life. Now, you breathe a prayer tonight, church, and just say, Lord, tonight, change my prayer life. Revolutionize it in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to let you preach a little bit tonight to your neighbor and say, you don't have because you don't ask. Just turn to somebody and say it. You have not because you ask not. That sounds like there's a lot of blessings in heaven that we don't have that are there if we want them, but we're not asking for them. N nothing is more indicative of a drop in our spiritual temperature than a waning prayer life. Nothing indicates a drop in a person's spiritual temperature more. One of the strongest indicators is a waning prayer life. And nothing reveals a healthy spiritual temperature like uh, a growing prayer life. Now, I don't think that it's necessarily a matter of how long you pray or how many words you use. I think a lot of times prayer is an attitude towards God. I'll tell you, I pray all the time in my heart. I'm always in prayer in my heart. Sometimes I get on my knees and pray. Sometimes I pray sitting up. I pray at various times during the day. But I believe prayer is an attitude where your faith is turned upward toward God and you are communing with Him and He knows exactly what you need. So when that stops, when we really disconnect from God and we're not doing that, we're not communing with Him, not praying, not asking, not seeking uh, we just kind of go flat. We go one-dimensional. We go horizontal, and there's not much vertical there. That's an indicator of a waning spiritual temperature. 
Do you know that nobody in the Bible encouraged people to pray more than the Lord Jesus Christ? Nobody. His admonitions to approach God boldly and confidently are all through the Gospels. Let me just give you a few examples. Listen to how Jesus, he, he really put a face on God. In the Old Testament, God was scary, spooky, you know, lightning, thunder, don't approach the mountain and don't touch the mountain where God dwells or you'll drop dead. But then came Jesus, and Jesus put a face and a smile and an embrace and an approachability to God. And one thing he wanted us to understand, that God's your Father. He said, ask, and it will be given you. Seek, and you're going to find. Knock, and it will be open to you. And that's Jesus saying to his followers, I want you to learn to pray. I want you to ask. I want you to take it a step further and seek. And then I want you to take it even further and knock. There's a whole message there for another time. Matthew 21, verse 22, Jesus said, whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. Whatever you ask, you're going to get it if you have faith. So he said, go to God, your Father in faith. Mark eleven twenty four. therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. That's Jesus talking. He's saying over and over again, there's power in prayer. Prayer works. If you could just, just bring, distill Jesus' message down to a few words, what he said about prayer, it's this, prayer works. I like this one. This is one of my favorites, Matthew 7, 9 through 11. If a child asks his father for a loaf of bread, is he going to give him a stone? If he asks for fish, will he give him a poisonous snake? Of course not, says Jesus. And if you, hard-hearted, sinful men, know how to give good gifts to your children, then doesn't it go without saying that your Father in heaven will more certainly give good gifts to those who ask Him for them? So there's a lot of gifts that God's holding on to, and they're, they're, they are there until somebody asks Him for them. That's what Jesus is saying. Your Father, if an evil person who's going to hell knows how to give a good gift to one of their offspring, then how much more will your perfect, loving, flawless Heavenly Father give good things to, to those who, who decide to ask Him for them? Good things. One thing that stands out about Jesus' teaching on prayer is that God is so willing to answer our prayer. Jesus taught us that he's our father. He's not some distant deity who created everything and then stepped out of the picture and left us on our own. No, he's our father. He is not tight-fisted. He is not a divine tease. And he's not a heavenly Scrooge. He is our father. And Jesus taught irrefutably that he wants to give good things to those who hazard to ask him for them. That's what Jesus said. God longs to reveal his power. I really believe that. And his provision in the lives of his children. The eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout the whole earth that he might find somebody whose heart is turned towards him that he might show himself powerful. In short, don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to ask. 
Now I want to go back to our text. Listen to what Jesus said. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. Now, verse 13, whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. So Jesus clearly taught that the prayer of a Christian is to be in his name. We are to pray as believers in Jesus Christ in his name. Now, I believe that this stipulation of praying in Jesus' name is one of the most misunderstood verses in the Bible. I really do. Praying in Jesus' name means more than simply sticking a phrase onto the end of your prayers, in Jesus' name, amen. It's more than that. Uh, uh, for some Christians, using the phrase in Jesus' name is sort of like saying open sesame or abracadabra or like rubbing Aladdin's lamp. Well, I've asked for something. As long as I say it in Jesus' name, I've said the magic words in Jesus' name, then all of my wishes are going to come true. And I think that's misunderstood because there's more than sticking the phrase in Jesus' name, amen, to the end of your prayer. To better grasp this, let, let's look at what there is in a name. Because we're praying in Jesus' name. So what does it mean if you're praying in somebody's name? Well, first, names in the Bible represent the character and the personality of a person. And so you have examples. Jacob meant cheater, and Israel meant prince with God. Nabal meant fool. Peter means rock. And so you could go on down the line. Different names meant Abraham, father of many nations. Names represented the character and the personality and often the destiny and the calling and the purpose on the life of that person. So what about the name of the Lord Jesus Christ? When we're saying, in Jesus' name I pray, why should we do that? What is it about just saying, in Jesus' name? Here's what I believe. We need to understand what is behind that name, why it matters, why it should matter that we should say, Lord, I'm asking, you know, I've got a need, I, I need a job, so I'm asking you for it in the name of Jesus. Is that just some phrase? What does it mean? Lord means master. Jesus means savior. And Christ means the anointed one sent from God. So when you call out to the Lord Jesus Christ, here's what you're saying. Lord, Lord, I'm coming to you as, as my master and my savior and the anointed one sent from God. So when I'm saying in Jesus' name, I'm saying in the name of the master, in the name of the savior, and in the name of the anointed one sent from God. Keep that in mind. Now, second, names represent authority. There's authority in names. We all remember those old crime shows, don't you? What was that one, Sergeant Friday? Only the facts, ma'am. Give me the facts, ma'am. Remember that? Those old crime shows where the police would go to somebody's door and some of the other side of the door would say, who is it? And they would say, open up in the name of the law. Well, as soon as they heard in the name of the law, they opened up. Why? Why did they open up? 
because the officers in and of themselves had no authority to make anybody open the door. But when they said, in the name of the law, they were claiming the full authority of the United States government that was standing behind them and backing them up. So they had to answer the door because of who the officers represented. That's what authority is all about. When we use the name of Jesus biblically, the full authority of heaven stands behind it. When we say to a demon spirit, in the name of Jesus, get out. He's not afraid of us. Just go ask the seven sons of Sceva. He's not afraid of us. But when you say in the name of Jesus, you are saying all of heaven stands behind me. All of heaven stands behind that name. You must submit because almighty God is behind this name. That, that's authority. It never ceases to amaze me watching football games. You have these 300-pound bruisers, all muscles, six foot six, Goliaths out there on the field, and a little skinny, scrawny guy in a striped suit with a whistle stops them. <laughs> the football player has power, but the referee has authority. I'd rather have authority than power. Third, a name represents how we view a person's reputation. A, a name, for instance, I can name some names, and they would immediately conjure up bad thoughts. Or I could name some names, and they would conjure up good thoughts. Honorable or dishonorable, a name represents a person's reputation. And so we see this very clearly in, in when we use the name of the Lord, the name of the Lord. In reference to the name of the Lord, the very first petition in the Lord's Prayer is, Hallowed be your name. Isn't that interesting? Not hallowed be you, but hallowed be your name because he stands behind his name. His value is revealed in his name. To hallow something is to treat it as if it has great value and worth. So when we say, hallowed be your name, we are saying, I respect the reputation of your name. That's why I believe that the devil moves people to take the Lord's name in vain. If you ever notice, nobody gets mad and says, Buddha! Have you ever noticed that? Nobody gets mad and says, Hare Krishna! Nobody gets mad and says, Muhammad! No, they always have to take J.C. Why? Because the devil moves on people's tongues and says, the tongue is set on by the fire of hell. And when you do that, you are, you are taking the hallowed name of the Lord and defiling it. We hallow God's name when we treat it with the respect that it deserves. And we want others to know about how good he is. So we use his name with respect. Kathy and I were watching something the other night, and they popped off using J.C. in a cursing way. I said, why do they have to do that? Why did they have to take a perfectly good show and do that? Why? Because the devil moves them to do it. Jesus' name is so precious in the spiritual world and so dreaded by the other side that the other side must curse it all the time. So to pray in Jesus' name is to pray based on who he is with his authority and so that his reputation might be enhanced in the world. So we pray in Jesus' name. Let me give you an illustration of how prayer works. 
Suppose that I, I, I go to a local bank and I ask for $10 million in small, unmarked bills in three medium-sized suitcases. I walk right up and say, I would like $10 million in small, unmarked bills. i got three suitcases here. Fill them up. I don't have a gun. I'm just asking them to do it. After the teller stops laughing, I'll quickly be shown the door because I don't have $10 million in my name. I wish I did, but I don't. But suppose I go back with a check made out to Jeff Wickwire in the amount of $10 million and signed by Bill Gates, the richest man in the world. Once the bank determines the signature is genuine, I will get my money because Bill Gates is a multi-billionaire. $10 million is like $10 to him. If I go to the bank in my own name, they'll laugh at me. But if I go in the name of Bill Gates, they will honor the check and give me the money. If I go to heaven in my name, heaven is brass. But if I go in the name of Jesus, he owns all the cattle on a thousand hills, all the creation is his, and God will give it to me. Watch this. Praying in Jesus' name is like signing his name to your prayers. Really, really important. In a sense, you're saying to God, here's what you're saying. You're saying, Jesus told me to pray this prayer. Jesus told me to. Matter of fact, he told me I could sign his name to this check. He has sent me to the bank of heaven in his name to withdraw an answer to my request. And what do you think the Father's going to do with a prayer like that? He'll grant it because Jesus said the Father always honors the Son. So if I go to heaven with a request in His name that I know is His will, then I'm going to get it. There's no if, and, or but about it. I'm going to get it because it's signed by the Bill Gates of heaven. His name is Jesus Christ. Now, let me, let me just flip that coin for just a minute. What do we call the act of fraudulently signing a person's name to a check? We call it forgery, don't we? And do you know, folks, that many of our prayers are spiritual forgeries because we're signing Jesus' name to prayers that he has not approved? So we say, man, I just, I, I just longing... I'm just longing for this, that, or the other. I, I, I want that, that multi-million dollar home, and I just know God's going to give it to me, so I'm going to go get a loan because I know the money's coming from heaven anyway, so I'll get the loan now, and Jesus is going to cover the check. And you go get that loan, and the bills come due, and God doesn't provide, and you wake up and realize the Lord did not amen my desire for that house. He sure didn't amen me getting that loan. So... I need now deliverance, not a provider, but deliverance. James wrote, you ask and do not receive because you ask amiss. i read that again. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss, that you may spend it on your pleasures, on your lusts, on your own fleshly desires. So you ask and you don't get it because it wasn't God's will. When we pray, listen to me, church, very carefully, because a lot of people backslide, get out of church, walk away from God, say that it wasn't real. They say prayer didn't work. They say Christianity wasn't genuine. It didn't work for me. No, Christianity works for anybody who does it by the rules. Here's what happens. 
This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. So when Jesus said in John 14, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it, John balances it out later by telling us it must be according to His will. John 14 is not some carte blanche open check where anything you want, you can go to heaven in the name of Jesus and get it. It must be according to His will. And if you know it's according to His will, then you can go to heaven, let Jesus sign the check, and it will come to you. So here is what it really means to pray in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Can everybody say that in the name of Jesus? In that name, beautiful. In the name of Jesus. Can you imagine saying in the name of me? Or in the name of Buddha? Or any other false God? No. There's something about Jesus. Can we say it again? In the name of Jesus. When you pray, go to the Father in my name. Now here's what it means to pray in his name. First, when you pray in the name of Jesus, you are confessing your faith that Jesus Christ is the only way to God. Because he didn't say go in the name of anybody you want to come up with. He said in my name. Either he was a lunatic or he was very God. The God-man. He said you go in my name. When you pray in Jesus' name, here's what you're saying. He alone can open heaven's door. There's not another that can do it. Acts 4.12, salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name. Do you hear that? No other name. There's not another name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. In a day of galloping pluralism where we're told it doesn't matter what God you come by, as long as you're sincere, Jesus shatters that notion. He was exclusive. He said, you must come in my name or it's no go. It's one way. It's narrow. It leads to life. There's not many options. His name means master, savior, anointed one of God. Remember that. There's not another human being that ever carried that. There's none other that can save us from our sins and place us in good standing with God than Jesus and coming to God in his name. Second, when you pray in Jesus' name, you are admitting that there is no power to answer your prayers in any other name. I want to say that again. When you come to God in the name of Jesus, you're saying, Father, I know there's no power to get my prayers answered other than in the name of your Son. Not my own good works, not my own likability, not the fact that I've got a certain pedigree or education or that I'm popular or gifted. It doesn't matter. We do not come to God in our own good works, and we certainly don't come to God in any other God's name. Jesus said, you must come in my name. You can pray in the name of Muhammad. You can pray in the name of Confucius. You can pray in the name of Buddha. You can pray in the name of Krishna, but it will carry no weight in heaven at all. Listen to Hebrews 10, verse 19. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter, listen to this, confidence, that means boldness, that means freedom, to enter the most holy place, how? By the blood of Jesus. By a new and living way. Open up for us through the curtain that is His body. 
Do you hear what he's saying? You can't come into the presence of God and be accepted apart from the blood of Jesus. And when he gave his life on that cross and the blood spilled down, a new and living way, a new road was created to God. A bridge of two planks. Shoot, shoot. Vertical, reaching up. Horizontal, reaching out. I love you. I want to gather you. And when you come to me, as I reach out to you horizontally in your life, then I will take you up vertically into the presence of God. I love that old wooden cross. I can't wait to get the cross that was given to us put up out here in the front. It's about a 40 to 50 foot white stone cross. When we get it up, after we get those power poles down in the name of Jesus. <laughs> I'm going to put up that cross and everybody coming down the highway from either way is going to see this beautiful white stone cross reaching up into the sky. I am not of these people who say, get rid of all the religious stuff so that seekers won't be offended. Listen, help me, Jesus. Jesus offended people. The disciples offended people. The cross is an offense, but it's the only way to get saved. It's the only way into his presence. So of course we're going to put a cross up. When I pray in Jesus' name, I'm expressing belief that his name is the only name that will gain me access to the throne room of God. Jesus said that. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Listen, no one can come to the Father, can gain access into his presence except through me. What do you do with that? You reject it or you receive it. His name is exclusive. It's the gold standard in heaven. The Bible says, therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. I love this. That at the name of Jesus, every knee is going to bow in heaven, on earth, and even under the earth. Every demon spirit that ever attacked you and gave you a rough day is going to bow his knee and confess with his tongue that Jesus Christ is the Lord. If you were to go to the United Center, the United Center in Chicago today, you'd see an amazing, breathtaking, bronze statue of basketball player Michael Jordan reaching up, dunking the basketball, surrounded by defenders. Underneath the statue, it reads, quote, the greatest there ever was, the greatest there ever will be. Well, maybe, maybe not. Who's to say somebody's not going to come along one day with unbelievable talent and shatter Michael Jackson's record. And besides, MJ is retired. But can we say unequivocally that Jesus Christ is the greatest that ever was and the greatest that there ever will be? And he has not retired. He will never retire. In fact, he's about to return for his grand finale. I could just park right there and preach the rest of the night, but I got to finish. Third, very importantly, listen carefully to me. When you pray in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, Lord, I'm asking for this. You're submitting your will to his will because he knows what is best. When you pray in Jesus' name, 
You're in the same posture he was in in the Garden of Gethsemane. Lord, I wish this and I wish that. I wish there was another way. But if there's not another way, another door, another outlet, another answer, then not my will, but your will be done. That's the attitude of the person praying in Jesus' name. If you're saying, Lord Jesus, this is what I want, and I don't care what you want, I'm just going to believe that you're going to give it to me because I want it, don't even bother praying because your prayers aren't going anywhere. Well, yes, they are, Jeff. I'm praying in Jesus' name. That doesn't matter. You can't sign his name to a prayer that doesn't line up with his character and his purpose and his will. You can't lie or steal in Jesus' name. Lord, bless this little white lie. You know I've got to tell this little white lie. Just bless it. You can't ask God to bless adultery in Jesus' name. Lord, just bless this relationship. I know that you understand. Buckle your seatbelt, buddy. You can't ask God to bless your sin in Jesus' name. You can't swear in Jesus' name. You can't ask God to bless your rage in Jesus' name. You can't ask Him to bless your selfishness in His name. If your prayer is not consistent with God's character, God's will, and God's word, you are not praying in Jesus' name. Think about it. I'm going to say that again. If your prayer isn't consistent with God's character, His will, or His word, you're not praying in His name. You can say in Jesus' name, but you're not really praying in Jesus' name. You're not meeting the requirements to pray in Jesus' name. True prayer is to seek out God's will and pray according to that will. And the best place to find out what that will is, is right here. That's why I'm in the Word all the time. I'm in the Word all the time. My favorite time of the day, and I'm not bragging, I'm just telling you, I've got a hunger. And my hunger is to get up and read this Word. And every morning, my favorite time of day is going out on the patio with my coffee, which God made on the eighth day. And I just know it. I know there's going to be coffee in heaven. And I, it is a vice, and I don't want to be set free, so don't pray for me. No, I, God gave us richly all things to enjoy. Amen? But now, my favorite time is to open up that word and just begin to read it because it tells me who God is. It reveals to me the way that he has always worked. It shows me what his will is. It shows me what he wants for me. It shows me what brought people under judgment and what brought them under blessing. I, I find that every time something speaks to me, and I've been reading this thing since I was 18, and now I'm 30 <laughs> plus. <laughs> And you know what I'm finding? It's this feeling that I've almost never known it like I wish I had. I read the Bible all these years, but I find new things every time I open it up. And I'm convinced I could live to be a million and never come close to exhausting what's in this book. Pray in Jesus' name. If we're going to sign his name to our prayers, we've got to affirm that his name is the only way to God. We've got to affirm that his name is the only name that has power to answer our prayers. And we've got to affirm that we are submitted to God's will in the matter about which we pray. 
And if that all lines up, then guess what? Don't be afraid to ask. It will be yours. Can we stand up together? Just makes you want to run out and pray, doesn't it? I read Martin Luther said, the reformer said, I've got so much to do, I spend three hours every morning in prayer to get ready for it. I've got so much to do, I spend three hours in prayer to get ready for it. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you that there is power in the name of Jesus. There is access in the name of Jesus. There is blessing in that name. Forgiveness in that name. And Lord, thank you for helping us to understand what it means to pray in that name. Now, some of you here tonight, many of you, probably most of you, have something you've been asking God for. I want you to run it through the sifter of what you heard tonight. If the word can amen what you're praying for, and you are submitted to the will of God in the matter, then I want you to confidently go to the throne of grace that you might obtain mercy and find grace to help you in the hour of need. Can we lift our hands to the one who answers our prayer? Say with me, Lord Jesus, thank you for giving me such access. And for the yea and the amen over every prayer I pray according to your will. Show me the will of God for my life. And help me to pray wisely and effectively. Now take a minute and give God your prayer tonight. Give God your prayer. And I want to pray for people who are in a battle. You're in a battle.